0: Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, 22nd of November. The offense ranked 22nd, but is it actually a bench offense problem? The Jazz make a roster move on the fringes. We'll talk about that, and it's a points gained Friday. It's all coming up. On Locked On Jazz. <laughs> How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot more fun to be a jazz fan. Uh, back-to-back games, Friday and Saturday. Unfortunate news, Derek Favors is not making the trip. Uh, with back spasms, I uh, hope Derek's all right. That back has has always been a problem um, ever since some off-season workouts uh, many years back, and uh, it often, you know, one of the theories on Derek in Salt Lake was that he was okay with his role because it um, it allowed him to stay healthy, and he. Played 29-29 in 29, 29, 34 minutes in back to three straight games in New Orleans. And then and and was great. Had a 10-10, 13-12, 10, and a 20-20. They were positive with him on the floor in all three. And then he lasted eight minutes, has had back spasms, and is not with the team right now. So, you know, you wonder, uh, you know, who knows? But that was one of the thoughts, was that one of the reasons why Derek had become okay with his role last year and the year prior was because he just knew what his body could handle. And Derek only played 30 minutes in two games all of last year. Um, And, and the year prior, he had only played 30, he played 30 minutes in 24 games because of Rudy's injury. Um, And it just was not, was not playing major, major minutes. And so all of a sudden here in this season when he goes 29 29 34, I guess only one of them is a 30 minute night. Uh he he doesn't get through it. So hopefully he's able to get right. New Orleans is playing really well. They've won 4 of 5. They're going to be a beast on Saturday. Brandon Ingram is just great. The Warriors should not be a beast. They're they're not particularly good. Uh they've got a bunch of young guys are playing. They're just but they're getting blown out early and often. And uh the Jazz should hopefully be able to take advantage of that. So that's kind of the lineup. Uh, this weekend. Uh, we made a little roster move the other day. Interesting one. So I have not talked to a lot of people about it, but let me see if I can try to do the best I can. So the Jazz waived Stanton Kid and they signed Juwan Morgan. Um, Morgan's deal is a two-year deal, probably non-guaranteed, kind of that same Royce O'Neill two or three-year deal type thing. I don't actually know how many years, but um, here's what's interesting about this. So what I think happened is... Juwan Morgan was really good in training camp. Um, he's an interesting player. He played four years at Indiana. He's twenty two years old. He's six eight about, um, and there's a feeling he could be kind of a stretch four, stretch five, like if he could really figure out how to shoot it, that he uh that he could end up being a pretty good NBA player. He is not on a he was not on a two way deal. So he's just in Salt Lake. We're watching him. We like him, but we have no rights to him. Anybody could have picked him up. Well, he opens the year and he goes and gets 16 points and eight rebounds a game in 26 minutes. And all of a sudden, I think the feeling was, uh uh-oh, somebody might grab him. Anybody in the league could have gone and given him an offer at that point. And then we don't get him. So here's a guy that our staff kind of found. Um, our coaching staff really likes. Quinn is a big fan of. Um, I mean, I remember sitting with Quinn at training camp. Quinn's like, that guy's going to be good. That guy's got a real chance to be good. Um, and, if you, and and so here's this kid who, you know, he was highly recruited out of uh, Waynesville, Missouri. Goes to Indiana. Anybody who goes to Indiana is pretty highly recruited. Um, he's an interesting kid. Both his parents uh, served in the Army. Uh, He was a football player for a long time. Well, quarterback and then, so multi-sport athlete and then plays basketball maybe a little later. Uh, Was ranked the 16th ranked power forward. So not crazy highly recruited, but was talking to Vanderbilt and Creighton and chose Indiana. And then was slow to progress in his four years at Indiana. Kind of went from like two points to seven points. Uh, I don't think he's going to, you know, you're just playing on the fringes here. I don't think he's going to have a mammoth impact. But he's an interesting player. Um, You know, I don't think he was ever first-team all Big Ten. I'm not even sure he was second-team all Big Ten. So you're really playing on a guy who gets into the NBA and suddenly has a, uh, you know, the game adapts to him in a way that works better for him than it would be otherwise. But the fear is that here's this guy you think might be good you've you've got him in your system and anyone can pick him up and and that's the kind of crazy thing about the G League so in 5 games he was shooting 72% he was shooting uh 43% from 3 and scoring 16 points a game and stan kit and actually the interesting one on him is two steals two blocks so we'll see um, they can send him back to the G league now and he can play, but we don't lose him. Stanton kid, really nice guy. Uh, really bright. I had a great conversation with him on the elevator the other day, but I'm not sure at his age in his spot in that. He has a huge developmental upside. Um, uh, and he actually has a contract where he cannot go back to the G league. So, you know, he made 250,000 this year, which is a pretty good year. um, but he, because I think the way it works is you get more than 50,000, you cannot go back down to the G League. This is the way the league, I think the league rules work on that. So um, anyway, it's just, a, it's an on the fringe move that's, that's at least interesting. We're so, the, the t- two topics of conversation that I find myself, hey, if we can figure out the offense, um, we'll be all right. I dug into that a little bit last night uh, and thought this was interesting. Really, what we're saying is, if we can figure out the bench offense, um, that that's what we mean. We're not saying if we can figure out the offense. I think, and, and this is probably, you know, Quinn's probably perfectly aware of this, but it's probably, you know, there, there's definitely some kind of feeling right now around the team. Like, gosh, you know, what is why? Why can't this click in? Why can't this do what we thought? We thought we built this amazing offensive team, and you know, why is it not clicking yet? And You know, the offensive ranking is, according to Cleaning the Glass, is 22nd in the NBA. And you're supposed to, you know, you're at 108 possessions is league average, and we're at about 105, 106. Like, what's wrong? Well, we're going to dig into this, and I'm going to show you that actually we might have figured out the offense. And the real question is going to be whether we can figure out a bench offense. And then the question's going to be, to what level are you willing to go do that? Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. We had another very happy um, customer the other day over at Murdoch Hyundai. And this is just so, I love this. I love the way we have this set up right now because everyone's winning. Frankly, my client's winning because you're getting, they're getting, but Nathan Barker texted me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I'm heading down to Murdoch Hyundai as we speak. I'm looking at purchasing a 2020 Kona. Can you help me out? Absolutely. Talk to Jason Creech. Uh, he'll take care of you. Nathan texted me back. Let's see. He texted me at the first or emailed me on the first one at 111. And by three hours later, he has emailed me and says, thanks again for your help. Jason was awesome. He was darn good to work with. I ended up getting a fully loaded 2019 Sonata for close to 8000 less than sticker since they're changing the body style for the new 2020 model. Thank you. It's That is the Murdoch experience we want you to have. That's the locked-on experience we want you to have. So, Hyundai's got an incredible lineup of cars, whether it's the Sonata, which they are changing in 2020 and getting rave reviews, whether it's the fun, uh, quick SUV Kona that Nathan started talking about, whether it's the Santa Fe, which we own, or the new Palisade, which is taking place by storm. All terrific. Now, part two of the equation is their Logan they're in Murray and they're up in and down in Linden. Email me if you're heading over there at dlock09 at gmail.com. We'll be waiting for you. We'll have you set up before it even starts. And that's the way we use it. the Murdoch connection, the Locked on Jazz connection to give you an awesome experience. Rejecting the screen at an hour plus of storytelling with PJ Carlissimo it was terrific. Go grab that. Locked on NBA today has Adam Mottis and Anthony Irwin. That's always one of our most listened to Locked on NBA episodes. Hope you enjoy that. All right, we'll do points gained here in a little bit. But here's here's the reality. Our three most used lineups. So our starting lineup, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neill, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert. The offensive rating is a 112.5. It's in the 60th percentile of all offenses. If it was a team unto itself, it would be the fourth best offense in the NBA. Okay, so the offense, that's pretty good. They're not offensive rebounding. That's probably their problem. They only offensive rebound at 19%. Early in the game, teams kind of generally stay focused on that. Uh, They're not turning it over, which is really, really good. They're shooting it pretty well, and they're getting the line a ton, which is impressive for a group that plays a lot of minutes when they're not in the penalty. They're in the 91st percentile getting the line. Their defense is superhuman, and the team is in in an 18.5 with our starting uh, per 100 possessions, which is in the 90th percentile. Okay, our O lineup: Conley, Donovan, Boyan, Joe, and Gobert is plus 19. The offense is 129.5, and according to Cleaning the Glass, is in the hundredth percentile of all offenses. The defense is not as good, but overall, it's a plus 19. So who cares? They're shooting it well. They're not, they're turning it over average. They're actually offensive rebounding a little bit, and they're getting the line a ton. Our next lineup, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert. So this is our first substitution. Donovan goes off the floor. Plus 14.6. Offense is a 127.9. It's in the 98th percentile of all offenses. The effective field goal percentage is probably a non-sustainable 63%, but it's pretty awesome. Uh... They're not turning it over. They're not offensive rebounding, which would be, you know, fine. And they're getting the line a ton. Okay. Our primary bench unit, which had Emmanuel Moutier, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis. That's our primary bench unit. Has only played 58 possessions. And in those 58 possessions was plus 64.6. Okay. It's not a big enough sample size. Nobody had scored on him. Basically, people had missed an unnatural amount of shots. But it was fine. Where things have gotten unfine is when we start playing around with some of these other combinations. When we had George Niang and Tony Bradley on the floor together with Donovan Mitchell, it didn't work. When we had Jeff Green at center with Emmanuel Moutier and Dante Exum together, it didn't work. When we've played Donovan Mitchell at the point guard without Mike Conley, it hasn't worked. Um, when Donovan Mitchell's played point guard this year, I don't think it's worked in general. Uh, so, yeah, we're minus 30 in 117 possessions per 100 possessions. It's like the worst lineup combo you can have. So that hasn't worked. Uh, we're fiddling to figure that out. The trick here is, when you're trying to figure these things out, is trying not to destroy the top three. Really, the truth is that when Mike Conley is on the floor at point guard, we're pretty damn good. We're plus eight. Our offense is generally good. There's one lineup, which is only okay. And when Mike Conley gets with the bench, it's less good. But if we put Mike Conley on the floor with, frankly, Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovic in that group, when they're on the floor, we're plus 18.5. 376 possessions, not a lot. So you're trying to figure out and fiddle and say, who do we want on the floor? Who do we not want on the floor? Right? Like, um, th- those are the, actually, that number was just the O lineup. Let me check that again. I just realized that I had, Bo- they had Boyan. I had Bouillon in as the power forward. I don't care what position he plays. Uh, <clears throat> so when... When we have Mike and Rudy <clears throat> and that group on the floor, those three, we're plus 13.7. Our offense is great. It's a 114.8. We didn't walk around all summer talking about, oh my gosh, the offense is going to be amazing with Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green. We talked about the offense is going to be amazing with Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovic, and a spread floor. That's what we talked about. And so far, it is. And in fact, <clears throat> the one time it's not is if Jeff Green's on the floor. Playing the four. So if you don't, when Mike Conley's on the floor with Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, and Bojan's playing the four, I have Joe Ingles as the three. We're plus 19 with an offense that's a 119 in the 98th percentile of all offenses. It's exactly what we thought. We're a lot closer to doing all the things we thought. The bench just isn't doing it. Just play the point guard for a second. Like, let's just play the point guard position for a second. So we did with Mike Conley. When Emmanuel Mudiay is on the floor, so far this year, we're plus 6.1, but our offense is in the 16th percentile. We've been really good defensively. We're plus, but the offense is terrible. When Donovan Mitchell is in at the point guard and Mike Conley is off the floor, our offense is the worst of any lineup on the, in the league at 85.5. That That's the problem. So, my point is the lineup that we envisioned, that we dreamed of, has been great. Mike Conley at point guard, Donovan Mitchell at the two, nothing else, just that offense is in the ninety fourth percentile. We're plus eighteen. Donovan Mitchell at the shooting guard, nothing else. Right, so just Donovan Mitchell at the shooting guard. We're plus twelve. Our offense is in the 71st percent. Like, that's getting better. So we just got to start fiddling with these things. But the key point here is that the primary lineup that we have is actually great. Everything we thought about it is great. And so for us to be sitting around worrying, oh, our offense, like I'm doing it. I'm not we, like I am doing it with you. Of saying... Well, we're 22nd league offensively. The, the team is, you know, we're 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 scu- we're not scuffling. Exactly what we thought would be the team is the team. Now we have to figure out is how do we bridge those other minutes? And what's tricky, again, is you don't want to like take away all of those other things. Right? When Emmanuel Moody is a point guard and Donovan Mitchell's a shooting guard. Our offense is in the 11th percentile of all offenses. There's, there it is. Like that's why we're ranked 24th in the league offensively, for no other reason. So we just have to figure that out. But that's pretty encouraging. We're elite defensively. The lineup we thought was going to be great is great, and now we got to figure out how to play with it. All right, Points Gained comes up next for the first time all year long. We'll take your guys you suggested as well on your Points Gained questions. It is a Friday edition. I want to remind you, if you're looking to make the switch, uh, the switch to DirecTV or to uh, AT&T, Eric Ellis and the guys over at Stealth Media have this thing figured out. DirecTV and AT&T together, you can take it with you. 72-hour rewind if you forget your DVR is like the greatest feature ever. You get the best quality HD network. If you combine your AT&T and your DirecTV, it's cool because you save money when you take it on the go. Your DirecTV does not count as data on your AT&T phone. Tell Eric you're with Locked on Jazz. He'll give you a $100 gift card for you. You can find out more at stealthmediatv.com. What Eric has done that's super cool is he has gone and figured anybody who's getting TV, NFL Sunday ticket package, whatever those together, someone who wants a man cave, right? Particularly if they're locked on jazz. So for locked on jazz listeners, he's gone and got a bunch of big screen televisions at better prices than Best Buy. So give Eric a call, make the switch to direct and AT&T with Stealth Media and get yourself a big man cave, big screen TV as well. Three eight five three nine nine forty one eighty six. That's three eight five three nine nine forty one eighty six. Make sure you tell them you're Locked On because you get a hundred dollar gift card uh, for you as well. That is all at Stealth Media. All right, points gained. First one of the year. Who are the best offensive players? Who are the worst offensive players? It's going to be all the rookies, by the way. And then I asked a question on Twitter. For those who are new to Points Gained, Points Gained is my offensive metric system. That looks at how a player performs compared to league average and takes a player like, let's say, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is using 20 scoring opportunities a night and he's scoring four points more than average player or players would with those 20 possessions. That's a really high level. That's the best in the league right now. To put this in perspective... Last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden were the best. Giannis was the best at 3.6. Steph was next at 3.5, and Harden was third at 3.3. Each year, there's about three guys that are above three, and there's about 10 or 11 guys that are above two. So that's, on a given night, the best offensive players will score, the best of the best will score three points more than what an average player would give you. Three, a point is generally worth about 2.7 wins if you kind of want to think about it in that way over the course of a season. So three points is a lot. Uh, if you want a little back history here on this, just for the first time, if you're um, if you're new to this this 15-16 season where Steph Curry was amazing, he had a 5.8. It's the highest rating we've had recently. Durant that year was a 4.1, then James was too. Harden, then Kawhi Leonard, then J.J. Redick. This system, by the way, could have told you that James Harden was going to be James Harden. Oklahoma City claiming they had no idea is just poor. Uh, the 16-17 season, Kevin Durant led at 3.8. Isaiah Thomas was a 3.4, and then there was, a, you know, the 10 guys at 2. Harden, Curry, LeBron, Gobert, Towns, Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, that kind of player. 17-18, Steph Curry was back up to 4.7, Durant was 3.5, Harden was 3.1, Carl Anthony Towns was three, so we had four players in three, and then we had our next seven, And so that's kind of consistent. Last year, as I mentioned, what we had. So, early going, you'll have some numbers that are inflated, and right now, Paul George leads the league. He's played four games. James Harden is four points above the average player in the NBA using... 31 scoring opportunities a game. I think there's a great value to being able to use possessions and then being above average. Those are the concepts. Uh, And thank goodness for James Harden doing that because you'll hear about what Russell Westbrook's doing in a minute. Carl Anthony Towns is the second best off, most offensively impactful player. Best is a funny word. This really doesn't look at turnovers. It just looks at how you use a possession. So Harden is one, tied with Towns. Devin Booker is 3 at 3.9. Kyle Lowry is 4 at 3.5. Luka Doncic is 3.3 at 6. Mo Wagner out of Washington, who I loved in the draft. For those of you who should be laughing. Like, I am a Mo Wagner lover. He's shooting 52% from 3. And then Giannis is at 3.1. Rudy Gobert, still at 2.7. Pretty interesting. Like, Rudy's actually having... As good an offensive season as he did before. Aaron Baines, 2.6. Dame Lillard, 2.6. Brandon Ingram, who we will be seeing on Saturday, is incredible right now. 2.6. Danilo Gallinari, 2.5. Why is Toronto so good? How about OG Ananobis, 2.5. Gordon Hayward, 2.4. Brandon Clark, Memphis, 2.3. Kevin Love, 2.2. J.J. Redick, 2.2. And... Nima Bielitsa at 2.0. I love Bielitsa. Those are the players over two right now. Who are the worst offense or least most negatively impactful offensive players? Jordan Poole, who we'll see tonight, is a minus four. Uh, Justice Winslow not playing is helping Miami again. Minus 3.8. Eric Gordon not playing is helping Houston. Carmelo's right there. Here come the rookies. Cam Reddish, minus three. Darius Garland, minus three. R.J. Barrett, minus 2.9. Dwayne Bacon and Charlotte, minus 2.8. Marco Bellinelli, minus 2.7. Russell Westbrook, minus 2.6. Jarrett Culver, minus 2.5. Rookies are not good. Kobe White, minus 2.3. Minnesota's Travion Graham, minus 2.3. Karis Levert, minus 2.2. I think that's interesting. That is a player who you've, you listen to all my work. I am not as high on. C.J. McCollum, minus 2.1. Um, and then Mike Conley, minus 1.9. Chris dapps interestingly, at minus 1.9. Anybody else minus that would be surprising to you? Al Horford, minus 1.5. Ricky Rubio was asked about minus 1.5. Let's go to Utah specifically. Rudy Gobert is obviously our best at 2.7. Boyan Bogdanovich at 1.5. Royce O'Neill, 1.0. Pretty valuable. Like, five possessions a night, 1.0. That is awesome. George Niang is a .2. Tony Bradley is a .1. Jarrell Brantley, Mia One have played two minutes. They don't count. Emmanuel Moutier is even. Donovan is a minus .4. Ed Davis, a minus 0.5. Jeff Green is a minus 1. Joe Ingles is a minus 1.2. Dante Exum, two games, minus 1.8. And Mike Conley, minus 1.9. Mike Conley gets right a lot of this. Here's the crazy thing. We just talked about how good the offense is in all these lineups with Mike Conley on the floor. Mike Conley's not right. Mike Conley's not going to be a minus 1.9 for the season. So Jeff Green... Joe Ingles are the ones that need to be rectified a little bit there. Well, and Mike Conley. I just don't have any doubt. All right, let's go to your questions. I asked a bunch. Um, Somebody wanted the New Orleans Pelicans. Who is that someone? Uh, That someone is Adam Fish wants the New Orleans Pelicans. Brandon Ingram 2.6, JJ Redick 2.2, Jalil Okafor 1.7. So 1.7 means that in Jalil Okafor's seven scoring opportunities a night, he scores 1.7 points more than the average player in the NBA. It's a lot. That's important. Josh Hart 1.2, Jason Hayes or Jackson Hayes 1.1, Niccolo Melli 0.9. This team is a good offensive team, you would think. Derek favors .9, but then it starts to fall off. Bunch of guys. Then Lonzo Ball minus .7. I'm surprised by some of the things I see here. Each one more. Minus one, who I've always been a really big fan of, but he is just does not go to the free throw line at all. And nor does Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is not shooting threes and not going to line and not making shots, and he is a minus 2.1. That is is that is surprising. Uh, Wes wants to know top rookies. Well, I just gave you all the bottom rookies let's do a quick scan. this is going to take me a second I was not totally prepared for this. let's see if I can find a rookie. Wendell Carter is a second year player at 1.5 PJ. Washington in Charlotte at 1.3 I think is the top level rookie. there's no one in the there's no like rookie that's tearing it up that John Morant is the best rookie so far but he is probably not that efficient yet. Takes a lot of mid-range shots. Doesn't make a lot of shots yet. P.J. Washington is the number one rookie. Cameron Johnson in Phoenix is a 1.2. That's interesting. 57% of his shots are threes. He's making 43%. That'll do it. Um, This is how I use this a lot. Just, Robert Williams in Boston. I think he's second-year player, 1.1. Big guy getting there. room. Terrence Davis, the undrafted John Hollinger love affair is a 1.0 in Toronto. Nice find by them. Eric Paschel, we'll see tonight, is a .9 positive. Pretty impressive. Chris Clemens, Houston, .9 positive. Is he a second-year player? Tyler Hero, Miami, .8. Not a lot of these guys are positive. Any rookie that's positive is super impressive. Rookies are not good. I know, it's no fun. Kendrick Nunn, .6, Miami. We'll see if those last. Those two feel like they're suspect. Alec Burks is positive, by the way, worth pointing out. That looks to be I'm just kind of scanning and running um uh, Goga in Indiana's a point three. System likes big guys getting shots at the rim. That's about it on the rookies. Might have missed one. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh just did the Heat uh somebody won uh somebody won the Heat rookies predominantly, did them and bam out of Bayou. I'll bet you BAM's pretty good. Uh, Bam is a 1.7. Duncan Robinson is a 1.9. Missed that on the rookies. Uh, Gordon, they're, they're interesting. Justice Winslow is a negative a lot, like minus four. Nobody else on that roster is a minus. That is a huge believer that I have on what it takes to be really, really good as a team. And that makes me believe Miami is much more real. Now, getting Justice Winslow back will be a problem for them because he's just been a really bad offensive player for his entire career. But that makes me believe they're better uh, than you think. Let's take a look at Sacramento is our last request. Uh, a plus two. Rashawn Holmes, 1.9. Barnes, 0.8. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 0.7. And everyone else is Buddy Healds, negative. Interesting. Buddy Healds will go in the line 4% of the time. Can't live like that. Trevor Reason, minus 0.3. Dwayne Dedman minus 0.9. He goes to the line 4.2% of the times as a center. Can't live like that. Darren Fox minus 1. Corey Joseph minus 1.6. Denver, the request comes in from P McCade. And then we'll probably wrap this up. That's a home phone people it really actually exists. Uh, Paul Millsap, point. Wow. So points gain never likes Denver. And this is why. Paul Millsap is 1.6 positive. Juan Irman Gomez is 0. 0.4. Every other player on that roster is either even will, or negative. Monte Morris, minus 1.4. Torrey Craig, minus 1.2. Gary Harris, not having the year I thought. Minus 1.1. Allergic to the free throw line. 4.4% of his possessions. Malik Beasley minus one and going to the line one percent of his possessions. Wow. Jamal Murray minus nine point nine. Jeremy Grant minus point six. Nikola Jokic minus point five. Michael Porter Jr. minus point four. A little surprising. Wow. Uh, anyway. That is our points gain today. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me make sure there's no other question. Nope, I think they're all in. So that's it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Our first Friday points gain of the year. Hope you're having a great day. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you Friday and Saturday via the broadcast. Ron Boone and I, one hour before every game are live on the floor. And excited to join you for that. And then postcast afterwards. And then I will join you Monday. We'll be in Milwaukee getting ready for the Bucs. We do have a five-game trip. I was trying to figure out what the fifth game is. It's Memphis. We're there for Thanksgiving. Milwaukee, Indiana, Memphis, Toronto, and Philadelphia all coming up. Big road trip for the Jazz. Got to get these first two, and New Orleans is playing great. It's all coming up on Locked on Jazz. Get your tickets at utahjazz.com. Have a great one.